Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the fourth and final season of Netflix's Sex Education. We'll be talking spoilers throughout, so as always, proceed with caution. But before all that, Ned, I'd love to know what you've been watching since we last recorded. Well, I've actually been watching quite a handful of things. Friday the 13th. Oh, it was a while ago then. Well, Friday the 13th we recorded, but we didn't even talk about what we've been watching. Because it was a time capsule episode. Yeah, that's the word. So, um, got quite a lot to catch up on, really. Um, We saw the new Exorcist at the cinema. Yeah. What did you think? It wasn't very good. Mm, No. Didn't have... It couldn't have had less of the magic of the original. And it was kind of, even though there has been other instalments, it was a sequel to the first one. Um, I mean, it was like, in theory, scary. Mm. But all it just sort of, I think in its production, all of the elements that would make it good just came together in the wrong configuration. And I just wasn't really that asked for it. And they've totally, totally wasted Ellen Burstyn. Oh, God, from yeah. the original. Honestly. And I, I do think... so. David... It was almost funny what happened to her, and yeah. that shouldn't be, shouldn't be the case. David Gordon Green um, directed it, and he's the one who was in charge of the Halloween trilogy, which the first one was all right. I thought the second one was terrible, and then the third one was... Oh, Halloween Kills either. was yeah. not very so, um, I feel like... Maybe horror's just not his thing. Well, I maybe think try it's meant s- to be. Well, that's what I mean, but maybe try something new. Um, See what you can do. Because as much as you might want it to be, horror doesn't seem to be it so far. And it's not made a lot of money, mm. which when you look at other horror franchises that come back, like, I don't know, let's say It, that made a shit ton of money. That was good, though. Um, and, yeah. And they Universal paid four hundred million for the rights of The Exorcist, which is not. Uh, that's quite a very big commercially. Um, you don't you don't want to spend all that money and then it not make much. Well, they have planned a trilogy, so there's a new one coming out called The Exorcist Deceiver in 2025. So I suppose if they've already bought the rights, then they've got the rights for those two, which means that per film it's only one point three mil. Although it does actually say on one. 133. Well, this yeah. one, yeah, this one made 120.4 on a budget of 30 million. So right, okay. It's done all, like, horrors never cost a lot. No, that's true. Um, but it has said that after the poor reception of Believer, sources from the Hollywood Reporter claim there will almost certainly be some degree of creative rethink for the next two films and that Green recently expressed some doubt about his participation. Where's that from? Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. 
It was. I mean, it got critically panned. It got 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. So. Ouch. I think I'd give it one and a half, two, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't think I gave it more than two. Yeah. Um, if so, I was yeah. in a good mood, I might have given it two and a half. They spent all that as well. Like, Leslie Odom Jr., you know, he is known, but I'd have got, like, a bit of a more household name as well. Like, if you spent that much on it, you'd think you'd absolutely go for it, but apparently no, not. Apparently not. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend um, for a last-minute um, spooky yeah. season watch. No. Uh, however, other spooky season watches I absolutely would recommend are another revisit to the old Scooby-Doo films from the I early 2000s. I can't believe 2000s. you're watching these. Uh, I think we've only got one left. Scooby-Doo and Alien Invaders. For those of you who remember it, remember it is set in some desert somewhere and they get abducted by aliens and it's really fun and cute. And it's got a musical number sung by Shaggy because he falls in love. It's very cute. My so, God. Love that I've one. I've seen one of those. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. One. Brilliant. Unless I have. Maybe one of those things you put it on and be like, oh, I did see this when mm. I was a kid. Um, and film-wise as well, I finally finished my franchise rewatch of Pirates of the Caribbean with the last instalment, which is Salazar's Revenge. Although, I struggled to find it on Letterboxd because in America it must have a different title. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, which Dead is, Men Tell No Tales, is something it? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was much better than the fourth one. That's wild. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Because, yeah, it didn't... I thought the fourth and the fifth were pretty naff. Oh, don't get me wrong. They don't. They pale in comparison to the first three. But the fifth one, the fifth one was far better than the fourth. Um, Dead Man Tell No Tales got 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I personally think the only real decent Pirates of the Caribbean film is the first one. one. I think I like two and three because I was of the age, like when I was first watching all these blockbusters. Yeah, I think like time in my life, they were there. And so I have a bit of an attachment to them and the characters. It's like the Harry Potter films, like not all of them are that good, but I'd watch them. If if they were on telly, I'd keep it on. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's it for films for me. Yeah. What about you? You're not talking about the telly. Well, I thought you might want to do your film first and then we'll go to the Oh, yeah. Well, I watched Children of Men. So I did the whole where I've got the, I've got all my watch list on the wheel and I spun it round to, oh, what, to watch. Oh, did you? I it's wondered a very, why I came It's a very, very good way that. to just pick a film. Yeah. And what I do is I sometimes pick five. Yeah. Which then whittles it down because sometimes I get really niche like some of the, if I went with the first one, it would be a film. Like, because not every film you're in a mood for all the time. Mm. But I thought I'd watch it, and I thought, oh, I will watch that one because it wasn't a particularly long film. I think it was about an hour and no, hundred and ten minutes ish. Yeah, so not that long. So if and I've never seen it. It was came out in two thousand and six. It's directed and co-written by Alfonso Cuarón, um, mm. who is a filmmaker that I like personally. He did. One of the best Harry Potter films, um, just saying. And which one? Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, yeah. That was like when Harry Potter took it up a level. That for was me. like the first two were dead twee and like working it, it out. But the best book and the best film, to be honest. Really? Yeah. The wor- I think the work. Oh, I mean, this is totally off topic, but yeah. um, the worst, the worst book was one of the best films, which I always find fascinating. 
thought five, Order of the Phoenix wasn't a very good book, and it was the biggest. It was the last one that I read. Oh, did you not finish them? No, never bothered. But anyway, so this is a 2006, for those who don't know, dystopian kind of action science fiction film. It's the year 2027, which felt a bit weird that it wasn't that far away. in the future. (laughs) Um, But basically, the, the whole world is going through kind of war and a global depression because... Children can no longer have... Uh, no, people can no longer have children. And there's, like, a group of what are being called ter- terrorists, but they're not really terrorists. They're, like, fighting for the rights of immigrants because, basically, the whole world has broken down and the UK is one of the only countries left that still has some semblance of a functioning society. So, and it's a total police state, but... All immigrants are arrested and, like, either imprisoned or killed. Why? Because it's I don't like... understand the link between not having kids and that. Basically, no. The terrorist group are, like, fight... The terrorist, in quotation marks, are, yeah. like, fighting for the rights of the immigrants. Because, right. basically, it says here... I'm not maybe not explaining it very well, but... It's a police state in which immigrants, which they get called in this uh, film... Uh, Fugees are arrested and either imprisoned or executed still as one of the few remaining nations with a functioning government like the UK cannot be dilute, cannot be deluged by refugees fleeing chaos in their own countries. So the UK has got very isolation. Oh, it's so like... to avoid chaos, that's why the immigration's happening and too much immigration. But I think even once. existing immigrants, they don't treat very well from oh, when this happened. Gosh. So it's quite... it it. It did feel quite poignant, actually. Like, you know, if things all did go to shit, you do tend to look for a scapegoat. And in this example, it was immigrants. Um, but it had some really shocking bits. My the cast that Julianne Moore, Michael Caine, um, the main person was Clive Julianne Owen, Moore. who should have got an Oscar for his ability to run in flip flops. Um, just for that alone. Um. <laughs> That was my little letterboxed funny review. Um, but yeah, I would massively recommend it. I mm-hmm. can't remember where I watched it. Let me have a look. I um, was about to say on the sofa, but you mean which streamer? I do. I did watch it on the sofa as well, actually. <coughs> um, oh, I rented it because it's not available on anything. Oh, it's available enough. to rent for about... I think it was three quid on Amazon or something. Oh, so I can't complain, really. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's got really, really well shot. Um, won a won BAFTA awards. Was up for Oscar nominations. Oh. All that kind of stuff. Um, and it made quite a lot of top ten lists of two thousand and six. Lovely. Yes. Should we have a look at some TV then? Yeah. The new instalment for all you David Attenborough fans out there, Blue Planet Free. Yeah, I know. Free. I thought, well, we don't talk about like Blue Planet. It's not Blue Planet Free. It's Planet Earth Three. Oh, what have yeah. you written that for? Wishful thinking. Planet Earth Three. It's because last night's episode was Oceans, and the one before was Course. It's been pretty ocean so far. Well, next it's Grassland and Desert, so yes. you can't get further opposite. No, but yeah, it's great. I mean, each time, like I've actually started listening to the Blue Planet. Oh, Planet, for God's Planet, sake. Earth. Planet Earth podcast, and it's Ooh, like I didn't know there was one, um, and they're only like fifteen minute episodes. Oh, lovely! Um, and it's very 
kind of each time they've done a, a planet Earth, they've had like technological advances. Yeah, and you can all you can spot it because it they're just it's just phenomenal. Oh, it's just like the camera brilliant. work on it and the things that they get to see. Which I really like have about always those blown ones. my mind, but. They always spend the last 15 minutes or so showing you, like, the making of. Oh, yeah, I like that. And I really, really like that. This one made me cry a little bit. Didn't Yeah, because there's a lot, even though I think there are some episodes coming up um, in this series which is going to talk more about, like, humans and our interaction. Mm. What is getting a bit sad is every time one of these kind of planet Earths come out or a blue planet 3 or a frozen planet, whatever more and more of it starts talking about our effect on nature, which is which, quite sad. Yeah, it's um, David Attenborough's doing his bit for influencing the opinion of millions, Yeah, which is just mind-blowing, really. Apparently, recently, he was identified as the single most trusted individual as a source of information about the environment um, in the UK population. I can see that. Which doesn't sound surprising, but is a very impressive um, achievement, I think. But you working in sustainability, me being interested in it, he has actually said some not not correct things. The Some of the things he said, you can um, kind of imagine somebody brushing it off because he's old so you know no i don't even think that he just talks more about like the stereotypical there's too many people on the planet no what you mean mean. is there's too many people like what you mean is the people on the planet are consuming too much but it doesn't mean but the number so many of the people aren't consuming anywhere as much as the rest of us um and he also kind of says it's all of our problem which it is but solutions need to be given to us as well through good governance, business, all that kind of stuff. There's only so much one person can do without. So, yeah. I mean, we could go right off on a tangent where I'll talk about that for hours, but let's bring it back to... TV. But yes, I would recommend. And what I do like, sorry, is they've moved it to before Sunday Night Strictly. Yes. And it's been a move from the BBC so more kids can watch it. Because I used to find appeal. it weird that they were on at nine o'clock. I didn't realise. I remember I had so to beg to be my mum and dad to record, put the yeah. video in to record Blue Planet, the original, yeah. years and years ago. Um, which is, it's, a wi- it's weird that it's took them so long. But, oh well. I mean, but it doesn't really it. matter because if you're of our age, which most people are, they listen to this. Yeah. It's all on iPlayer anyway. Um, oh, uh, those of you who are regular listeners will know that I sometimes make my way through 90s and noughties. Sometimes. Camp TV. <laughs> so a while ago I finished Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's something actually, oh, I've been caught out. I didn't put that on my letterbox and I was just telling you how good I am at putting everything on Letterbox. Oh, I don't put telly on Letterbox. No, I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie from 1991 uh-huh. or two, which precedes the TV show. Um, <laughs> so, whoops, my bad. Uh, I'll tell you all about that next time. Yeah. Um, so after Buffy, I ploughed my way through Ugly Betty. 
got that done really <laughs> quick. There's only four seasons, so it's much easier than um, than Buffy. And I really, really loved it. Let's remember that it was not entirely um, respectful in terms of its representation of various um, gender identities and ethnic various groups. Various people of the Rainbow Mafia. Yep. However, hilarious. And like, <laughs> <laughs> really, um, I think, influential TV. If it was remade these days and the jokes that haven't aged well were rewritten for an appropriate, um, in an appropriate tone, then I think it could be as successful the second, way, second time around. Cause it was Do you think really so? Because yeah. I, all I hear about the people who watch and just like that is say it's like, cringe because they've tried to be too yeah but and just like that walk but not walk you know what i mean like and just like that was about a different demographic and had a different target audience though Mm. but ugly betty was made for gay people appeal yeah um and so i think it could do as well if it was just re-aged a bit so since i finished that i started charmed which i didn't realize quite how old that was god what, i thought i came watching in it on like, prime what the video hell are you watching? <laughs> and the dimensions of the screen are as if i've got a square tv from oh, the early they? 90s yeah it doesn't even that. fill the screen um but that's really fun in camp and i'm only four or five episodes in so well there's 178 the so yeah so got, got my work cut out but i will definitely make it through that it's really funny oh Little tummy noise. Funny noise. What TV have you been watching? So, as we record, we've seen four episodes of Loki season two. I am enjoying it, but I am a bit. I I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't think I'm superhero fatigued. I think I'm Marvels fatigued. Oh. Because Secret Invasion left me with a horrendous taste in my mouth, and. I just don't know where this saga is. And that something about a multiverse just doesn't work so well because the stakes, even though they're, they're meant to feel massive, you can just chop a universe off and it's gone. Mm. Like, And I actually am finding this season quite complicated to follow. Um, oh, I haven't started it yet. I did quite enjoy Loki season one. Though. Oh, I like that. I, after one division, Loki season, it reminded me of Doctor Who. I liked it, yeah. and it, it's still got that kind of Whovian tone. And I do like um, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and I love him with Owen Wilson and with the addition of Key Hook Kwan, who is zany and brilliant. And yes, I might have rubbed against him being typecast in the past, but. I do really enjoy it um, in this scenario because he's mm. perfect for it. Um, it's a bit weird to see Jonathan Majors on screen as he's not called Kang of Kang variant because obviously everything that's going on in the trial and it's not going very well. Like it's oh, is it not? Can't really comment. Okay. Well, we, could, we're, we don't get enough listeners. I don't think to be liable, but but just in it's case, an ongoing trial. Um, but yeah, um, <clears throat> I am enjoying it. And the fourth episode ends with. An absolute, I was going to say clinker. What's that mean? Clinker of a cliffhanger. Clinker? I don't know. Sounds like a winnet. That's an Um, ingredient for cement. A clinker? Or clinker? Clinker. Oh. What bit? Well, it's 
the thing before it is superheated, I think, into cement. Oh, God, guys. The things you find out on this podcast. But yeah. <laughs> um, and also, The Morning Show Season 3, I'm eight episodes into that. I actually left loads of them to start accruing as it is released weekly on Apple TV. The second season was shocking, but I'm actually quite enjoying this one. Is it's it? not like pink TV, but it's just pulpy and fun. And it. I just quite like it. Um, so this see obviously we've got Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Um, oh yeah. Oh, and it's got um, her from that really good one we watched recently. I don't know what you're talking about. The Korean one. Oh yes. Oh, Greta Lee from Past Lives. Past Lives. Which yeah, I mean, yeah, she's very good in this, but Past Lives was on another level. Yeah. Um, We've also got John Hamm has joined this as kind of a, this season as the tech billionaire, which is, you know, a stereotype we see yeah. a lot, but he's quite a good one. Um, so as far as TV shows go, is season three still? No, I quite, I yeah. am quite back to enjoying cool. it. Um, so I've got two episodes of that left and I'll report back when I've finished it. Very nice. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for everything we've been watching. What has been going on in the news? So... We had that the writers strike. It's back to strikes because oh, it's affecting God. everything. Not but this. apparently, on day of recording, which is the thirtieth of October, there is the best chance we've had so far of the of the actors' strike ending this week because the deal is is okay. almost there. Now the studios have been very very ruthless, so I could I'm not holding out hope because they seem to just walk away from the table. If And I think if they walk away from the table again, they won't go back till the new year. So, right. but it's not really the strike that I'm, I'm more wanting to talk about how it is finally starting to take its toll. So Deadpool 3 isn't expected to make its release date, which was in May when the strike started. They were in filming. So you can imagine like it probably wouldn't pick back up till the new year now anyway. Um, so yeah. that's probably not going to happen. So God knows what's going to happen with Marvel, um, whether the new Captain America swaps to the May release date. Who knows? They're not. They're keeping very quiet at the minute. Right. Um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part Two, although it will not be called that anymore, has been pushed back a year. Oh wow! What's it going to? Well, apparently called? the Part One is one of the reasons why it didn't do very well at the box office. So they think getting rid of Part Two is going to make well, it, it just better. it won't even be Dead Reckoning. It'll just be another Mission Impossible. Oh, well, at best, finish the story. Well, that's what I would hope it would. But, uh, but like, yeah. The, okay. I did think that was a mistake that they did it because people think, well, I've not seen part one, so why am I going to go see part two? We've had this discussion before. Yeah. It's like June was marketed as June, but then when you went to see it in the cinema, that's when it one. said part one. Yeah. But, um, but Dead Reckoning part two can only be half a story. Yeah, I know. Apparently, that's right. the news okay. on the grapevine. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 is likely to be bumped. Twisters, which is the new Twister. <laughs> Do you remember that film, Twister, about the tornadoes? No, I don't. Oh, it was great. I love a is disaster it, film. Is it a like, crap disaster film? Yeah. Yes. Venom 3, and then we also had Disney release its first look at the live-action remake of Snow White, but then also push it out a full year to March 2025. Um, oh, why would you not just hold on to that teaser for a bit longer? 
I wonder, so there's rumours that it might be getting heavily reshot because dwarves in the modern age is a bit complicated. Yeah. So the picture we've seen is quite CGI, but there's, yeah. there's another picture from a leaked set which looks a bit problematic. So we don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they've maybe released it, tested the public perception, and then what see what happens. About it. Okay. But I would, if only that had moved, I would have probably thought, oh, then yeah. But then Pixar also bumped Elio, which we've already seen the trailer for, till like about. June twenty twenty five now as well. Like bumped it a full year. Um, so the next Pixar film, if that doesn't move, will be Inside Out two. Um, so yeah, it's been totally, totally bumped. Oh gosh. So yeah, it uh, things are starting to. I think twenty twenty four, if things don't get resolved quite soon, could be quite a quiet year for not just know. blockbusters, but also like the the mid budgets. Like a lot of indie films tend to get around the SAG um, stipulations because yeah. you know, like did what was the studios A24, that was set A twenty four neon? Like they're all fine, but yeah. they're obviously the smaller kind of indie films. I was um, listening to a different podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they were referring to A24 films and they kept calling it A24 and I panicked that we'd been saying it wrong the whole time. Is it A24 or is it A24? I think it's... A, I mean, one, I don't think it matters, but everything, everyone I hear reference it as A24. Okay. It's more, um, more likely that they were mistaken then. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see what else gets, you know... Potentially those first two quarters of 2024 might be a bit... Quiet. Quiet. I swear to God, if June Part 2 gets bumped again, I'll be fuming. Fuming. (laughs) Um, But yeah. um, Okay. We'll see. But I just want the strike to end more so we can get some new... I want some exciting casting. I want... I just want to see, like... I just want to know what's coming. Interviews. Well, I know. I know. And I actually think the Marvel's box... The the Marvel's tickets aren't selling very well. And I think one of the best things that could happen is the strike ends and the three actors that are in it could go out and sell some tickets. Promote it. So, yeah. Right, well, I guess we'll see. What a time to be alive. (laughs) Now, it's... I thought you were doing the script there, but what I kind of a went... time? Well, I went a little bit off script because I just bit my cheek then, actually. Aww. Please don't, please don't mock me for that. It really hurts. <laughs> but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of TV. Is it TV? Film. Remember to edit that on. I'm going to put TV or film for next time. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. All the things that I do for this podcast and that's what you... What have we got this week? We have got Anyone But You, which is apt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I won't say any more other than the link's in the show notes. Watch along if you like and we'll be back with you right after the sparkles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we've not fallen out by then. (laughs) So we haven't fallen out during watching that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the premise of it is two people who despise one another can't seem to get away from the other while they vacation in Sydney. It seems like a bit of a stupid premise, but... I said, it. well, it looks 
very, 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 very predictable as a film. Oh, yeah, 100%. Absolutely the, know where it's going to go. The reason I picked it is because yeah. I love rom-coms that are back. I know. This one looks particularly sexy, and I think it's something to do with the music that's playing over the trailer. It's very reminiscent of Fifty Shades of Grey. What's wrong? Have you bit your tongue? No, I've got a cold. Oh, um, but yeah, it stars Sydney Sweeney, who White Lotus, uh, Euphoria, Euphoria fame. Um, Glenn Powell, who has acted for a while but made it big in Top Gun Maverick and wants to be apparently like the next Tom Cruise. Yeah, um, and that was another reason I picked it because I feel like if you want to achieve that stardom, you've got to do a few cheesy rom coms on your way up. Mm. Um. But yeah, I'm just loving that they're in the cinemas again. When's um, this one out? December, which I don't like. No. I feel like it's weird. I it feels we get awfully it. close to get the trailer when it's out in December. I feel I like... I think that's a lot to do with the strikes at the Is minute, it? though. Yeah. We I'd... don't seem to be getting much of a runtime no. on, on trailers anymore because... Well, I suppose yeah. if the trailer is fresh in people's minds and you don't have actors to go out and promote it, then... You need to keep it nice and tight, don't you? Um, Which them two seem to. I would have, put it, would have put it in um, January, February time. I like lead, leading up to Fe- uh, uh, Valentine's Day. Yes, that. Mm. Sames. I mean, for all we know, it might get pushed due to strike. Who knows? But the trailer has only recently dropped, so you would have thought if there was any thinking that it was going to get pushed, they would have held on to the marketing. But... Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, <laughs> June 2 was a full Empire magazine cover, and the day after it got pushed oh, back to next year. That's frustrating year, so. for Empire. I know. So um, anything can happen in this world it at can. the minute. But yes, I very much enjoyed watching that. Glenn Powell is just fit. Um, well, so Sydney Sweeney, but obviously not our type. Um Oh, that's nice. Speak for yourself. Well, Glenn Powell actually talking about Twisters in the news. He's also going to be in that. Sing. Yes. Um. So. Trash treasure. 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 Like slim treasure. It's not like going to change the world, but. I'll no, watch but it. I've seen the trailer and I want to see the film. So. Well, it's done its job. It's now, done hasn't its it? job. Yeah. Lovely. Well. Now for this week's headline feature. Sex Education Season 4, coming up after this quick break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Right then, sex education season four. It's been out a while, but I always like when we do TV shows, you know, to just give people time to watch it. Well, I mean, I know generally Netflix we're trying shows to give... are, bin- are, are bingeable. And I do know people have literally sat and watched it in one weekend, but. I know. Hopefully, but lots of people can listen to this because they'll have seen the full thing. Yes, and generally we try and give people a few weeks after release anyway. Yeah, with even with films. Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to go on your premise straight away Should before I go for we a dive plot? in? A, yeah, yeah, synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the students of Moordale High have dispersed following the end of season three because I think the school shut down, didn't it? Yeah, I had to watch a, a recap because I. Do you, do you remember Couldn't the recap remember. didn't really answer what no. why they were in the new school? No. Anyway, so those who go to the local sixth form college find themselves in a hyper-liberal, student-led environment <laughs> designed to encourage all to flourish and pursue their passions. Otis spends the season in fierce competition with a rival sex therapist called O. Ew. Ruby finds her flair for campaign management. Eric tries to oh, balance. God, I can see what you're yeah. doing with this. Eric yeah. tries to find balance in between uh, balance between his sexuality and his faith. Maeve is at a prestigious writing course in the United States. Viv gets her first boyfriend. Cal's gender dysphoria becomes intensely isolating for them. Uh, Jackson finds a lump on his ball and then finds his biological father. Amy comes to terms with the assault on the bus from season oh, two. Oh my god. Jean battles postnatal depression and childhood trauma, and that's just the characters we know from previous seasons. There are a but host that's of not new even in- all of them anyway. Exactly, there are a host of new introductions to the sex ed universe in season four, each with their own identities to explore. And that's about as concise as you can get it, I think. So to lead off that, because you had warned me about what your synopsis was going to be it like was before intentionally we recorded. rambling to make a point. I think overall this is the worst season. No, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's the my least favourite season. Yeah, I think that's a fairer way to put it. And I think it perfectly is boiled down to the fact that it tried to do too much and introduce too many new characters and storylines, especially for a final season. Yes. Had we been expecting a season five, I would understand the introduction to a lot of these storylines particularly of the new characters, but I think it tried to give us 
so much to do with so many different characters that it made it not difficult to follow because it's not intensely intellectual, but like it was a bit messy and it didn't give the characters that you really care about enough room to breathe into their stories. So when it got towards the end of the season, a lot of it just felt like snipped off at the end. Like, See, I didn't mind the way it, it ended. I didn't I think overall the with the season. Are in quite a good, and we'll get to this further along the line. Um, but I actually found the tone of it in this one because we we've always been like, where the hell is this set? It's mm. like some, it's meant to be the UK, but is it meant to be the UK? Like, do you know? Like, you you can't really place it. You can't really place its time other than they've all got smartphones, so you yeah, know it's quite all, in a modern era. But like, they've got smartphones, but they all dress in time gone by they'll drive cars in time gone well, by. well this is what i mean it i think that's the point of it yeah but what i found quite interesting about this one is some of the people it's almost like they've set up a utopian world but the characters are still going through things that w- they would go through in a world like what we inhabit yeah which I just found for the first time, some of them really started, like, it was a bit of a too much of a contrast for me. Yeah. Um, so what I think on that is, like, it because it's got so much going on and there's lots of different stories to tell, I think it got quite intensely messy, which, on the kind of positive side is a reasonably accurate representation represent, representation of how complicated coming of age and life is in general. Yeah. But for kind of watchability, made it quite hard to follow, didn't really give me enough time with the characters that I like, didn't really give me enough time to get to know the new characters. Um, and some of the important issues that I think it was trying to get to weren't given the kind of space. They weren't given the room to breathe, were they? Yeah, they they felt a bit rushed or almost misrepresented at times. I actually think we should probably go through like almost character by character because I think it's probably quite an easy way to discuss different storylines. Yeah. And that's probably something of itself in the fact that each character's storyline really almost felt like it wasn't an overall, like they were all going through their own story. They weren't necessarily all that meshed together. And when they did get meshed together, that's when I actually really didn't quite like it, which we'll get to later on. Okay, yeah. So let's start with our lead, Otis. Well, as I said in the intro, he spends pretty much the entire season in this competition with a rival sex therapist who's called O. Now... I didn't... When that started, I was like, as if. Yeah. Like, even in this kind of manufactured world that is meant to be perfect and have everybody's needs catered to, but at the same time have nobody's needs catered to because everybody's just trying to yeah, live in this mess. Why do two schools have sex therapists in the same local area that have never heard of each other? I know. 
I also find I so a lot of people have rubbed up against Otis and said he's he's like a bit of a dickhead, and I, I do get it because I think he's whilst he's really good character. at giving people advice, he's not very good at. I wouldn't say well one not taking his own advice, which is a lot of people are like that. Yeah, but he's also quite selfish in his own yeah feelings and yeah. But I just think he's quite a a strange lead, and I think. It will all the story will always kind of boil down to him and Eric, but I think having them so separate for so long of this season as well, you really felt it. Yeah, um, that was one of the kind of endings that I felt didn't give me what I wanted from it. Oh, like when the when the kind of they just kind of spent the whole season apart and then had a five minute conversation at the end where Eric, sorry I haven't been around kind of thing. Yeah, Eric yeah. was like. There are just some aspects of my kind of identity and experience that we have never talked about. And I don't think there's any reason for it, but it'd feel weird to start suddenly. Like my faith and the fact that I'm black. And that bits of that and were that, peppered through, like when Otis didn't go to the gay club with him. Like there were bits of it, but at the yeah. end I was like, you two are the closest best friends that this yeah. whole show has revolved around. Yeah. And you're telling me that you haven't discussed... Eric's faith or race is race or sexuality in that much deep depth and like how all those things kind of intersect intersect like yeah I just found that a bit stupid well I don't know thinking back on uh my own teenage years which were I don't know a long time ago um I remember having a conversation with my bestie Frankie after a while where we kind of hadn't quite worked out how to talk about a couple of things that were bothering us and it took like making explicit space to talk about those things for us to get over it. Yeah, but you live in this world. Yeah. This world that they're in is a very different place. It's such a weird mishmash of old and new. Yeah. So... And I, yeah, I mean, I'll get where to where we'll kind of get to the ending of Otis, Maeve, Eric, probably later. I mean, we've talked about Otis and Eric, but I just think I don't really get the I don't get the hatred toward Otis, but I can understand how people don't think he's like the best character. Yeah, I think my perspective on Otis, hatred is far too strong a word. It's more just I know he's the main character, but I don't care for him. Yeah. Which I think might be a personality trait of mine because I often don't really care for main characters. I quite like the side characters and stuff. He's well acted though by Issa Butterfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I do want to know, like, not like, oh, I'm thirsting over it, but I would love to know if that was his willy. It probably wasn't. That was Uh, up on the screen. Yeah, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, bold move if it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's make it really realistic. Take us a picture of you, Willie. Um, that was quite funny about sending nudes to eat. Well, yeah, yeah. Him and Maeve. It felt relevant. Yeah, that was good. Um, moving on to Otis's mum, Gillian Anderson. Jean Milburn. Jean Milburn. I adore Gillian Anderson so much. Yes. And I always love her. And I've loved her a lot during this whole show. And I will actually say... 
there was two main storylines with her. One, the postnatal depression, where I, which I actually think was handled very well and done with quite a lot of respect. I think so too, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did like her sister as a character who was brought into it. Yeah. Now, the effect of them rushing things, I thought their relationship about how her sister was abused as a child came from absolutely nowhere. Didn't it? It, yeah. like, hit you in the face. I was like... I was like, oh. Oh, right, okay. Like, there was that episode, wasn't there, that yeah. started with the flashback, and that was Which, like... Which, oh. don't get me wrong, it, I felt surprised when it came up, because I really d- I didn't expect it at all, but that's not the problem with it for me. The problem with it for me is that we knew about it then for the rest of the season, and it barely developed before yeah. it finished. And I just wanted to kind of, because that is part of what kind of made me sort of notice Jean and her sister's stories a little bit more. Because I think in a school-based setting, you're probably not focusing on the parents' storylines. Um, well, think... And that drew that into the centre. Yeah. And then it wasn't really done much with it and i really wanted to know how they felt and what they were but thinking the, and all like of that the groundwork was laid like how yeah. turns out her sister slept with the baby daddy yeah another thing and like, just, but it was just like none of it's meshing very they well didn't like do anything with it yeah. in order to make it relevant like if you're not going to take it anywhere don't introduce it in the first place it's just another question to leave without a Solid and did it end where she said she could date date him in the end? I can't even remember. Because he came round, didn't he? And it it cut away when obviously Jean was going to tell him that oh, the yeah. baby was. Yeah. I was just like, it doesn't. No. No. But I I do think I really do think it did handle postnatal depression very well. Yes, um, I, that was definitely a strength. Like of the, the way she went back to work far sooner than she probably should yeah. have. She was struggling. She had yeah. like the single mum probably guilt of not being able yeah. to feel like she was a, a yeah. very good mother. Um, and also her sister Jo, um, it touched on a child trauma um, of being sexually abused by, I think, her mum's boyfriend or yeah. one of them. So one bit, of their like, they've all got issues with... Um, and it kind of, it did track into how that was still affecting her as an adult. And how it's having like a lasting impact, this childhood trauma. Um, and I'm just I, thinking about it more like, like I just even wish like it had a little she bit was more... in loads of debt, the relationship, yeah. like none of it, it was all there. It was all there. It just didn't quite yeah. give it space yeah. that I wanted from it because I was really taken by that storyline. And in the last episode where they do sort of finally start voicing it publicly, it did, it did get a little tear from me that one um another strength of the season i think would be a nice segue to a new character amy oh okay yeah absolute best one i mean she is one of my favorites to to best character yeah um and actually speaking of storylines and this might perfectly sum it up now her storyline she's still dealing with the assault that happened on the bus that time But I think that happened like way back in season two. Yeah, season two, that. So what we're saying, what we're probably saying is this story has really been given room to breathe. It has, and it ended in a really nice way. Yeah. She kind of 
And she was a she was able. She worked through it. Yeah. She picked she found, up a photography. She found an outlet in her art. Yeah. And it was just that is probably like that's been going on since season two. Yeah. And it ended really well. Yeah. She is hilarious. Yeah. I always eat a pepperoni before I go to bed. Was <laughs> made me so funny. Absolutely cackle, and um, just her fit like she acts without speaking so well, like. It, and she's all. She's also called Amy in real life, isn't she? Amy. Amy, Amy Lou. Wood. Amy Lou Wood. Isn't yeah. It? Um. But yeah, she's she's great, and I and and I actually quite like that she got on and she started cracking on with Isaac as well. I thought they were quite well matched, and I thought it yeah, was they seem to get on really really well. Um, quite nice how he helped her work through her issues with intimacy and everything yes. that had happened to her. Yeah. Um, and through it all, she was a flawless friend to the people who needed her to be a friend. Um, she was very supportive to Maeve. She was really understanding of um, like Otis's family sitch. Um, and she was, and yeah, her and Isaac. It was just gold. Like, there were golden moments, like when Amy and. Um... Otis has sat in the car when yeah. Maeve's gone into the hospital. Like, yeah. that was good. Like, yeah, that's I, what that, I think. When it coalesced again around yeah. the main <clears throat> bunch that and wasn't trying to do too much and picked up on storylines that, you know, have had a, a while to yeah. breathe, as yeah. we say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they're, they're I mean. the strengths in it, to be honest. That's what I mean. I think um, this... I re- like on the whole, I really enjoyed being back with like the sex ed crew. Um, I just think it was a lot of really good moments that when they were threaded together as they've been threaded together, hasn't quite allowed them to shine to their full potential. Do you know what I mean? Like the scene in the car where they're waiting for Maeve at the hospital, really nice. Um even the episode where we'll talk about Maeve now because okay. I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Maeve's mum dies of an overdose and she has to come back from the States to deal with that. And the episode where they hold her funeral That was my favourite. Was the strength of the season. Yeah. Um and, and I, I thought think... the the issues with both Maeve's mum drug addiction and now that how that has passed on to her brother. Yeah. Was done very well. Very, very well. The brother well. that looks exactly like your younger brother. You think? It, I, I had to message him, didn't I? And he said he gets it all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Like, literally spitting double. Um, But yeah, I thought that was... I think that was the penultimate episode, the funeral. Yeah, they um, did save it till quite late in. Which, but I, I, yeah, did like, I did like her storyline. Um, I won't get to how it, the whole show ends yet with between mm. her and Otis, but I did think... Her, just everything about her going to America, doubting mm. herself. I really like the conversation that she had when she finally properly meets Jean. Yeah. Um, when Otis is stuck in the lift. Yeah. Um, and I just think Emma McKay is, is great. And obviously she's already doing wonderful things. Um, she is. In the likes of Barbie. Um, so, yeah. We'll see. I don't know yeah. what we'll say. I'm saying we'll see. It's done. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her career after yeah. this. 
now. I think so. she she played Emily Bronte in a film, but I'm not seeing she it. She did. Um, I think the film is called Emily. It is, um, and I wanted to go see it, but the t- it was released and the showtimes were so inconvenient. Yeah. They had like three a week, and they were all middle of the day on work days. Yeah. Um, Can we do Eric? Yes. Let's do Eric. Um, I will say, I fucking love Shooter Gatwa. Oh, God damn. Can't wait for him to be Doctor Who. Oh, I know. Another one that was in Barbie. Yeah. Um, we said that Greta Gerwig must love sex must education. Because wasn't yeah. there someone else in it? There was. Was it um, Connor Swindle? No. Connor Swindle was in it. Was he? Yeah, he was in, oh, the, he was in, in with... the Mattel office. Was there anyone else? No. But three of them from one show is quite quite a lot. Yeah, I'm sure there was another. I thought there was another, but... I'm... Feels like there was four. Yeah. I don't anyway, know. I'm obsessed with his other queerness. I love his outfits that he puts on. I love how... What I would deem how comfortable he is, but then it all of a sudden goes to this kind of... His relationship with religion, which has been there in the past. But I thought the way... Not not necessarily the storyline on this. I thought some of the storytelling choices were really bizarre. Like what? The apparition. Yeah. With God turning up. Georgie Turner-Smith playing God. Yeah. Weird. Really bizarre. Yeah. I was like, I don't... Don't really get that. Sex education's never gone in that kind of... No. Uh, like, I kind mystical of, I kind think of... I was... I think I kind of get what it was trying to do because um, it was showing Eric's conflict. Like, the more he gets to know himself as a human person, as a gay human person, as a gay black human person, the more he's like, I am freeing myself from rules that I've always been told have to be a thing. Mm. And then... He obviously needed something to catalyze that side, that type of look into his relationship with faith because he was starting to, I think, fall out with it a little bit because he felt constrained or like he had to lie to people around him. And obviously a big thing about sort of being true in your religion is being honest to God, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I... I knew that they needed to tell that, but I don't really get why we had to see his dream so literally. And I then, quite wanted to see a little bit more of him and the guy that he was... Like, a little bit flirty. And then, well, oh, he sucked him. And then he sucked him off in the loose. I know. So, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that gay club that they all went to... Yeah. In such a rural place... <laughs> Well, it was they a queer night at the local club. The lo- there was more queers in there than I've seen in Leeds. Like, <laughs> I was like, this place is not real. Well, maybe um, everyone came from the surrounding villages The surrounding as well. villages. <laughs> um, God. Um, it was like going in bloody London. Um, but yeah. It did look bloody fun. Bloody London. Uh, it looked fun. But yeah, and I do like him. And he's a great character. He's a great actor. Um Shooty Gatwa was in Barbie. Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh. I already said him. There was somebody. That's going to annoy me that. I'm going to have to look after this. Um, Adam? Yes. I do like Adam. Yeah. I liked his storyline. I did too. I liked his dad's storyline. I thought it was quite funny seeing his dad, Michael, teaching in this ultra-liberal school. Yeah. Um, Because he looked like a fish out of water. 
Yeah. I loved the art teacher that like he hooked up with and she was very she very she knew exactly what she wanted in the bedroom and she mm. did not want like there's only the three of them in Barbie. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um she wanted a good <laughs> a good shag and a he good wasn't C&T. Yeah, and he wasn't giving it to her. Um and then it turned out it was all to do with his um he hates all himself in his head. basically as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. His, um, his decades of fragile masculinity from what I imagine is quite a strict upbringing to then essentially bullying his son because of fragile masculinity led to impotence in quite a literal sense, which I thought was um, a very well-rounded representation of what that means for people. I quite like that he got back with his yes. Adam's mum. What I like and about I how it her, did it. I loved her in early... Do you remember when her and Jean used to go on nights out when yeah. they first split up? That yeah. was class. That was yeah. fun. What I liked about um, what they did with his dad was that it wasn't just a you're a bad man who's done bad, done bad things. It was a bit of a redemption story for him. Yeah. A journey of self-discovery where he actually started to like himself and he started to make better choices as far as his relationships with other people go, particularly with women and particularly with his own son. And it ended up, you know, paying off quite well for him. Mm. And I think it's one of those... Um, not that the type of people who need that lesson will be the ones that watch sex education, but it's nice to have the story told that you can change. He was you don't, funny on you the don't horse. always have to be a complete twat. Yeah, he was funny when he was on the horse when Adam did his first yeah. uh, horse riding lesson. And yeah. That was all quite funny. And I did like the further exploration of Adam's bisexuality. Yes. And I did like when he sat next to Otis at Maeve's mum's funeral. Yes. I thought that was quite nice. The only thing I missed, and, and this is not... Unfortunately, this is like you can't always get what you want with TV shows. I did miss that he wasn't around some of the other characters. Yeah, he seemed a bit on his own with it. But that sometimes happens because that's what happens in life. Yeah. But I don't know. I just quite, I did quite miss that. Um, yeah. But overall, I did quite like his. Yeah. Um, Jackson and Viv. Oh, the. I love one them of too. the best non-main duos. Yeah. In the entire franchise, I think Jackson yeah. and Viv. I do. I do like them. I proof thought, that boys and girls can be friends. I didn't know if they were gonna go in a flirty way, though. I was like, well, are they? The and I was like, everyone I hope they don't. Made. Well, maybe that was quite well done then, yeah, if I that's thought the point. it. But I thought his cancer storyline was quite well done. Was cancer scare storyline? Sorry, yeah, it's cancer yeah. scare storyline. But I thought Viv's coercive control storyline came from absolutely nowhere. And then went absolutely nowhere. But I was like, I thought, is that maybe the point? You meet a nice guy, you think he's really nice, wants to hang out with you, it's your first boyfriend. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he just grabs a hand and is really horrible to it. It's just really strange. The biggest implausibility of that storyline, I'm afraid to say, was how Viv overcame it in the end. Because I don't... The kind of coercive nature of her, or the controlling nature of her boyfriend was hinted at in the fact that he would constantly text her. He didn't like her hanging out with other people. If he saw her having a conversation with someone, he demanded to know what it was about. Um, And then out of nowhere, he grabbed her wrist quite hard and hurt her. Mm. All bad things. And all absolutely, Viv should feel confident enough to say, fuck off, get out of my life. But in real life, I don't think people 
that quickly get that confidence i think it takes I a mean, different I kind I of catalyst i don't really know cuz i i don't i think it takes a different kind of catalyst to end a relationship like that and that kind of self confidence comes differently to how it felt it just felt unreal in this situation and possibly a little bit unfair as a, of a way to tell the story because people watching it who might be in coercive oh, or controlling I just need relationships, an enemy who tells me to all to I need him. is to tell him to 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 do one yeah. and it'll be out my life isn't how it plays out in real yeah. life and I think it, it it was a shame that that story didn't have space to breathe and because it didn't have the space I think they maybe could have left it out yeah I think they could have just done where he was just Getting jealous of Jackson. Yeah, didn't exactly. Need, uh, it didn't coercive need control. It could of. have been a. I'm a bit jealous of you being yeah. so close with this boy. Yeah. And it could have been Viv saying, actually, well, boys and girls can be friends. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be romantic. Explore that kind of. Your jealousy is your thing. Yeah. Let's, you know, you can get through it. I'm here to support it. Would have yeah. been a nice storyline for that. Oh, it just. I oh, did like how shame. Amy was the character who helped her, though. Yes, that helped. Because that yeah. was on. That it felt was like part it was helping her. Amy's arc as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Ruby? I don't really have a lot to say other than I really like her. Oh. And I found it really funny how she, like, really hated that school and just found it so annoying to yeah. start with, but then kind of slowly came round to She's it. She's like, damn it, Eve made me nice. Like, yeah, like, you can't bitch. You have to put something in a bitching jar if you bitch. Even and... though the person that had that rule was the bitchiest one of them all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did quite like her story with all, but when we get to the new characters, um... Yeah, oh, I don't even think we've got time to talk about all the new characters. Well, all I'm going to say is, yeah, because we have gone on quite a while. So I will just say I pretty much liked every single one of them. I didn't like O. I didn't like Abby Montgomery. And I also thought that the actor wasn't particularly that good. I don't mm. like commenting on people's acting skills sometimes. especially It does, but yeah. Aisha, um, who was the deaf one, and yeah. Roman, who was um, Abby's boyfriend. Yeah. You know, great, love everything it was all doing for representation. Always asexual. Abby was trans. Roman was trans. trans. Like two trans people who changed gender and... Two trans people in a relationship. No, but like I thought it was quite interesting to see... A trans man and a trans woman. Yes, that's what helped. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Aisha, I thought some of the stuff about representation from like a deaf perspective was quite great all of it was rep- like the representation was great but i hated them all <laughs> um and i don't know if it's because they came in last minute and it wasn't well this is another thing <laughs> it's not that i hated anyone i just think because for season five uh, for season four we had to spend so much energy trying to get to know these new characters that it meant airtime was pulled from the ones we already like. We didn't have time to get to know them properly. So their storylines felt kind of annoying or felt in like the they way. were just there for or, Otis. Yeah, just no, like... No, not Otis. Um, there for Eric. Eric, sorry, yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I think if you're going to do this as the final season, don't waste time with new characters. Like, obviously, you need a few for context. But give the characters we already know and love their full storylines. Yeah. If we were going to see a season five, maybe it would make sense to have all of these new characters because then we could round off theirs in the next final season and then it would be all nice. I tell you what. It was just too much. Speaking of that, I would have liked 
and I don't know what happened behind the scenes because so many of our season three regulars totally disappeared. So we had, and I'll just run through them. We had Anwar and Olivia who were in Ruby's they group. They were like the three. Yeah. They were like the mean They girls. were called the untouchables. Yeah, so yeah. Love them. We had Lily who was that, she liked, she liked aliens, aliens erotica. Loved her. Where did she go? I didn't particularly like Ola as a character, but I thought like, I'd have quite liked to have seen where it had gone. Yeah. Um, like, no, we know why she left. Why? Because Jean and her dad, uh, her dad had um, an offer to move away, but would have stayed had Jean's baby been his. Jean told him the baby wasn't his, and then they had to break up, and Ola and her dad moved away. So that made sense. I know. I'm just saying I'd have preferred to have seen some of the older yeah. ones yeah, have a full arc over yeah. it. Yeah, And maybe a couple of newbies, but yeah. yeah. Um, just... I'd have liked to, to see them. where the two teachers that came back for the funeral oh, they were Because nice. they yeah. fell in love by the end of season three. We all loved them. They were amazing. And then obviously weren't in season four. But I wanted to know what was happening. What did he sing? Uh, it was a U2 song. No. Is it not that? Every breath you take. I don't know. Oh, but it was nice. Um... Oh, one storyline that I did just want to talk about was Cal's, which I thought was a really, really big miss. Um, didn't think it was fully realised. I thought when she random... They. What pronoun? Sorry. They. they. When they randomly went missing, I thought that had come from nowhere. How Otis... See, uh, I... How Eric then found them through another appar- apparition... Oh, well, I, I was, yeah, there were bits of that. It was that a didn't make sense. total mess, that. And this was another thing about how they were struggling so much with their gender identity. How in that world, and I know it must be an incredibly internal thing, but a lot of that internalised stuff comes from the world that we inhabit. Yeah. And not quite. Well, but you I... are. Surrounded by the full queer perspective in this show. Um, In this world, Cal should have been able to talk to their peers about what was going on. Yeah. But obviously didn't feel able. I actually think that Cal's storyline was possibly the most, like... You could pull it from the TV show and put it in real life, and I'd believe it. But that's a problem with it for me. Why? Because it's not real life. But the, I think that's why I liked that one. Like of all of the, um, of all of the identities to represent in this show, Cal's journey, kind of um, understanding their own gender dysphoria and experiencing it at like times when they totally it just completely caught them off guard like early in the season they are doing like voice recordings this is how long i've been on tea mm-hmm. um you know i'm getting to know myself once top surgery loving this thinking about yeah. top surgery then has a little bit of a rendezvous in the toilet cubicle with aisha yeah um who gets period blood on her hand and suddenly Cal's world just falls apart around them because experiencing period with a partner triggers gender dysphoria. Yeah. And then it just seems to 
um, shrink them into a shell of their former self. And what I really, really liked was how it touched on um, Cal's mum's concern about what was going on. Because as a really supportive parent, you can tell from what she was saying and how she talked about it, even that wasn't enough for Cal to not experience the gender dysphoria. And I actually thought it I'm at, well, it showed me what it must feel actually. like. I kind of forgot really about quite the, well. the period the points story. at which yeah, yeah, the points at which, like, the story didn't hold up when considered alongside all of the others was like, as you say, when Eric finds them at the quarry. Uh, yeah. Randomly really. because of it's like, oh, we've a, only like got one divine intervention type thing. Yeah. yeah. Very kind of messily rounded off, which yeah. is another thing like earlier, I was saying like a lot of the stories that really should have had the room to breathe didn't. And then they were rushed at the end. Yeah. That is absolutely one of them. But I really, really overall liked it. Yeah, because one of the main stories line and the main focus of the show, as we kind of touched on earlier, is Otis and Eric and them kind of reconciling something at the end, but it's like you haven't. Well, they reconciled the thing that nobody ever identified. Well, I saw it a bit, but not to be like the main thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Um, their storyline. And then it was this big moment of reconciliation, but they'd never actually fallen out yeah they didn't need a reconciliation they just needed to like get over themselves yeah i'll just accept it just like, yeah, yeah just, we're still close just get each got. other yeah, yeah. Um, i don't know so i'm gonna move right to the final bit now yeah we really should start wrapping up because yeah. it's quite a long episode now well it's gonna be for an eight hour tv show isn't it true um but the letter mave wrote for Otis after she leaves him did make me well up a bit because it was quite sad. How yeah. she's like, I could never, I never really had feelings before and you've like cracked my heart open and you'll always be part of it. Yeah. And whilst I do find her going back to America and probably going to stay there, especially now she doesn't have that familial ties to her mum in Moordale mm. anymore, I do think it's quite a well done ending because realistically, you're not really meant to stay with the first person you fall in love with high no. school, are you? Yeah. So... I, it was very bittersweet, but very well done. And I did yeah. find it quite emotional. It complemented Maeve's newfound freedom yeah. as well, um, really, really nicely. And I loved how Maeve went back to the US and what she said to Dan Levy's character. Yeah. Who, who I thought I, was a bit of a waste on this as well, to yeah, be Yeah, I didn't think he was given very good lines no, a, to do much with. Um, as well and yeah. I just was like I just loved how she walked in she went I don't have the privilege I've done I've, I've worked my whole yeah. life to be here like back the fuck off yeah um, what and you it said, did what you said although he did do quite, me leave. yeah he did do quite good face acting at that point like yeah. you could tell he was coming around to the point that yeah. Maeve was making but I yeah. do think from that perspective um, it did well and I guess it sums up the whole thing we've said Maeve and Otis have been will they, won't they for the full four seasons and kind of that was done quite well. Mm. Whereas yeah, no, all the like other that. bits were a bit like... That's what I mean, yeah. like... And I will just say, before we move on to Gaydar, there was one character I loved who I thought had phenomenal comic timing who was Celia, who was the manager at the radio show. Oh, yeah. And there was that full skit at the start where she puts chili oil on her fanny. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, and her son catches her at the... Fr- but even just the bits in the re like dry as anything, yeah. and it was really good. Yeah. Um. So overall, I always find 
star ratings quite difficult to do with TV shows, um, but I would go three and a half. Uh, oh, unusually, mm-hmm. I'm slightly lower than you. I've gone for three, I think. I just think... It was fine. The things it did well, it did well yeah. enough for me to say, yeah, I'd recommend watching it if you've already watched the other Oh, seasons. yeah. I would have liked to have seen how it See finished. it through to completion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but because it tried to do too much, I think, you know, where we get in season five, I might be tempted to say three and a half, four. But because mm. I know it's not coming back, I just don't think it's given well, us Well, if it had a season enough. five, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have had the issues that it'd have had. No, exactly. Because it wouldn't because have tried to cram everything have, in. That's yeah. what I mean. It yeah. would have stretched everything out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> now let's unsheath the Gadar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand. And we use it to rank all the films and TV we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the Gadar ranks Sex Education Season 4. Is it out? Yep. Why does it rank? Just got it. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. So, you know, as you might expect, it's quite high up there, actually. Yes. Um, at the top of the leaderboard, we've got Heartstopper. Higher for than that. reason. Higher? Yeah. Oh, it's come out lower just because of its quality. No, I would say from a, an, L- an LGBTQ plus appeal. It's higher than Heartstopper. Do you think? Although both shows have something in common for how I feel about them. Mm. Neither of them are in the world that I live in. Or I've lived in. Well, they're kind of on purposely not. I know, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I prefer, from a queer storytelling perspective, mm. I like to see storylines that are in... My lived experience, not <laughs> yeah. aspirational lived experiences, yes. I would say. Um, I think that's quite a well, a nice way to put it. Okay. Well, um, I'm still going to dispute that this is higher than Heartstopper because I think this has a couple of issues that, with the way it's told, a couple of stories. Which that stories are the issues? Well, the coercive control one. Yeah. Um, I don't think it did a fair representation of asexuality. It kind of made oh. made asexual into an excuse for ghosting people, which I thought was not cool. Really. See, I could probably understand that. Well, I could understand if you it. You live in it... a hypersexualized world, and well, you just date someone and they want yeah. sex, and oh, yeah. no, I'm asexual. But what it didn't do was give O any sense of processing that or time to talk to people about it or time to even get to know herself as an out asexual character so okay it felt a bit like an excuse for bad behavior which isn't a very isn't a fair representation imo do you think heartstopper did asexuality better it's not finished doing asexuality no but yeah one season so far yes. an asexual storyline so far yes because we've only really met them in the second half of it. I thought he was reading all the books, wasn't exactly, he? Which was quite cute. Towards it. Yeah. So that's why I've put it there. Yeah. I mean, that's why the gay da has put it there. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, sorry it was a long one, but 
a lot to discuss and i don't think we've discussed everything but we've done a good job i hope um please subscribe rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter at gaze on film pod and check out our letterboxd accounts links of which are in the show notes we'd love to hear your thoughts did you enjoy i think especially on this one i think there's yeah. lots to talk about do you like it um, do you disagree with anything we've said when do the episode you goes out agree and... with everything we've said yeah but i have been declan And I have been Ned. And this has been Gears on Phil. Thanks for listening. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.